Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. The reading today comes from Psalm chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. This is a psalm of David. And what makes this an interesting psalm today is that as you look at your Protestant Bible, and you look at how your Psalter, how the book of Psalms is set up, you'll notice that Psalm chapter 9 and chapter 10 are separated. But if you were to look at a Catholic Bible, those two Psalms are together. If you look at what's called the Septuagint, now the Septuagint is just a Greek translation of the Old Testament. And the Septuagint, which is translated probably sometime between 200 to 100 years before Christ, the, the Psalms had been combined here. Chapter 9 and chapter 10 were put together because chapter 10 did not have a heading. So when you look at the Catholic Bible, you'll notice that their Psalter, starting at this Psalm, chapter 9, is numbered a little bit different than your Protestant Bible, and that's why. So I, I find that fascinating. From this Psalm to Psalm 148, there's a difference in numbering, and that, that's why, uh, specifically. So there's your little nugget of knowledge today as we get started with our podcast. But this Psalm in particular is about David's praise for God because of his character and his actions, but his judgment upon the nation. So the theme today is not so much these enemies within Israel that have attacked David, like we've talked about before where Absalom has rebelled against his father's own son. The, this would be about the pagan nations around them, the heathen nations that David has come in contact with. And so David is extolling praise to God, how God has upheld him in battle, and how he has helped his people, Israel. One thing you'll notice in the Old Testament is you think about God's attitude toward the nations that are not his people. You know, God chooses the nation of Israel, not because they were special, just because he chose them. But how did God feel about the nations around the Israelites? How did he judge these other nations? When you look at passages like Amos chapter 1, you'll see a picture start to emerge that in the Old Testament, God judged harshly nations that were cruel. Cruelty uh, to God's image bearers. You know, human beings are image bearers of God. We have the imago Dei, the, the image of God in us. That, that's who we are. And when you are cruel to God's image bearers, God does not have a lot of patience for that. So one thing that God judges harshly among the nations is cruelty. And I, I think we could really take a, a pause here and think about what does that say about our own society? Because I do believe America is becoming a very cruel society. Uh, cruelty is, is, is on a comeback tour, if you could call it that. And we need to be careful about that, that cruelty is something that God judges very harshly in the pagan nations. And as our own country, in a lot of ways, becomes more pagan, you are starting to see this rise of cruelty. And there's no place to treat other people in a cruel manner. God's image bearers uh, have dignity, and we should respect that. You don't have to agree with people, and you can have sharp disagreements with people, but being cruel is another matter altogether. So just a, a reminder there of how God looked at the nations as we look at this psalm. So let's let's get to our psalm today. We're going to read the first eight verses because of the length of the psalm, but it'll give you kind of a the heart of what this is all about. So this is Psalm 9 the ESV. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. 
I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. You have set on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. And you have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruins. Their cities you rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice. And he judges the world with righteousness. He judged the people, peoples with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in the times of trouble. I love verse 9 of this psalm. That God is the stronghold of those that are oppressed and they're suffering. And he is there in times of trouble. I think we can all relate to that verse in particular. But as we look at this psalm, we'll notice that there's praise in the beginning for God's deeds, what he's done, but also God's wonderful character. And you have the enemies who are destroyed, not because of David's might and the might of the Israeli military, but they are destroyed because of the presence of God. God's presence brings about victory. But the key component to this psalm today is the judgment of God. Now, people recoil at the idea of judgment. You know, you'll hear people say, you're being judgy. Uh, Don't judge people. And and we get the whole concept of judge not lest ye be judged, where Christ tells us that the measure of judgment that we give to others will come back on us. We have to be careful with that, too, because we abuse that verse a lot, especially when we feel like other people are judging us. We like to use that as a, a bludgeoning instrument on others. Don't judge me. But the Bible does say we have to have discernment when it comes to evil in the world. That's something that's expected for God's people. But as we think about judgment, uh, people like Miroslav Volf have helped me with this idea of judgment. Miroslav Volf was a guy, he's Croatian, and he lived through the genocide of his own country. And he said, a lot of Western Christians, maybe Americans would be what he's thinking about, have not seen the atrocities some people have seen. And so when your life has been really charmed in a lot of ways, you recoil at the idea of divine judgment and retribution. But when you've seen horrible things happen, you realize there must be a divine judge. There must be someone to set things right, because if that's not the case, you have no reason to stop the endless cycle of retribution and violence on this planet. If you have someone commit a horrible atrocity against a group of people, the only way to stop reciprocity is to say, you know, there's going to be a divine judge and there is justice and it will come. Now, we, of course, as human beings should demand justice for all people. I'm not saying that we should not stand for human justice, but we need to understand there is a perfect judge and there is a day coming where all people will give an account for their lives. The Bible teaches that. So this judgment is coming and it's a righteous judgment. We have a judge that knows the entire situation. You know, there's always limitations to a human court. There may be evidence that maybe is not found. And people are are convicted uh, wrongly a lot of times. But this is a type of justice that is right, that is true. God knows the whole situation. He can't be bribed. There is an objective right and wrong, and God will hold people to that standard. So there's this judgment coming in this verse, verse 8 of Psalm 9, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the peoples with uprightness. Paul quotes this. Now, he 
changes it a little bit for his purpose, but when he's at Mars Hill talking to the philosophers in Athens, and he says this in Acts 17.31, he says, God's fixed today that he will judge the world in righteousness. He's quoting from this verse. Then he augments this verse a little bit, so God's going to judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. By Jesus Christ is what he's talking about. And he says, listen, God has verified this judgment is coming by raising Jesus from the dead. By raising Christ from the dead, he's saying, look, there has been a day that's been appointed. God, uh, the times of ignorance, God is is, is now uh, saying that, you know, those days are over with. And there's a day coming. There's a fixed day. And through Jesus Christ, judgment will be accomplished. But we as Christians should should be glad for God's judgment. We should be glad that God's going to put this world right. A lot of people misunderstand this idea of the wrath of God coming, that you know, even the New Testament talks about the wrath of God, that we stand under his wrath. And, and all that means is there's a day appointed which men will give an account. And you must have the blood of Jesus, the righteousness of, of Jesus Christ. You must have that blood. It's atoned for you and your sins. That when you stand before God, it's not your works that you stand holding up before God, but it's the good works you did in Christ. The blood wrought good works. The blood covered good works of Jesus. That when you're in Jesus, you're in a safe place. You're in a safe place. You stand before the Lord as righteous and holy because Jesus uh, saves you from the consequences of your sin, but also saves you from sin itself. He helps you gives you the power to become more holy and to walk in his statutes and love him. And so these good works you commit after you become a Christian are good works in Christ, not meritorious good works where you boast and go, hey, look, what a great guy I am, or great lady I am. It's good works in Christ after you have been saved. And so you can stand before Christ or stand before the judgment seat of God and the righteousness of Christ because what he's done for you, covered in his blood. That's good news for Christians. It's good news to know that God's going to put this world right. All the pain and suffering, God's not going to wink at these things. There will be some sense of righteousness that will come about. And because of that, we can rest for eternity knowing that that God has set things right. And we can enter into the new heavens, the new earth, as new resurrected creatures knowing that all of this, the, the hurts and the pains and the atrocities, have been dealt with, and they've been dealt with by the righteous judge who judges rightly. Well, the podcast today has gone a little bit far longer than I planned, but this is just such a powerful passage. And uh, I just want to close you with verse 9 today. This is uh, Psalm 9, verse 9. The Lord is our stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And I pray if you're having trouble in your life that These words comfort you, and I really look forward to seeing you back for tomorrow's podcast.